0: This closed
1: location, deep in the Smoky Mountains of East Tennessee, Yee-haw! two hillbillies armed with nothing more than microphones, loud mouths, and quick wit have found their way onto the internet. Oh my stars! Tune in weekly to discuss things like sports. We're here playing Game Six of the World Series, so we're gonna fight. We're gonna finish this thing.
0: Politics. We did it once, and now we will do it again. And this
1: time, we're gonna finish the job. Current events. Come after me. I'm a man! I'm 40! Faith or any other topic that they have found interesting.
0: It's drastically changed my
1: life. Welcome to Think Like a Man with Daniel
0: Overton
2: and Jeremy Sellers. Thank you for tuning in today to again to the Think Like a Man podcast. Daniel, I, I hadn't told you this, but my wife told me... Um, over the weekend, that I needed to quit saying, you know, when we introduce this, I always say good afternoon.
3: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: She informed me that I needed to quit saying that because uh, people may be listening at night right. or in the morning, and I sounded stupid. And you apparently. said the date
3: one day too. I'm like, hey, we're not going to put this on for a couple more days. So. Yeah, so
2: uh, yeah, I quit saying the date after the first episode. I told her the other day that I that I absolutely blow my own mind sometimes, and she looked at me kind of crazy, and 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 she said what do you mean by that and I said well you know you're not with me most of the day I'm doing my own thing and working and all that kind of stuff and somehow I managed to get through the day alive I've managed to put my pants on without being told what to do and how to do it uh she she didn't think that was as funny as I did she uh she has a friend that told her one time that she was more of a woman than she'd ever been, than she ever could be. She said, if I was married to him, I'd have shot myself years ago. Uh-huh. So, so, uh, but, uh, thank you joy for that. But I, I, I love my wife with all my heart and I just couldn't imagine going through life with anyone but her. <clears throat> she's scared to death that she's going to end up on the show as a topic. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I've told her you know, for the moment you're safe, but, uh, uh he, she's good material though. Material. You know, she is great material. Uh, like we've told you every week uh, since we've started, we, we so appreciate all that you are who are listening, all of you who've shared the podcast around to your friends, all that's supported us since we've launched this thing. It takes more than just Daniel and myself. We just we cannot get the exposure that we need and that we want um, to, to, for this to be accept, uh, successful. But we're praying with the Lord's help and guidance in hand and everybody kind of doing their part. Uh, We'll get out there and we'll see this thing become a success. And hopefully, uh, years down the road, it's going to show that it had some lasting value. Please find us on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, Again, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on all of those. Just search Think Like a Man. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, and one thing that I've learned in the last week, you know, uh, most people know this is brand new, so every week we're learning something new, that uh, the subscribe button will get you a, um, every week when the episode comes out, it automatically will go to you, you'll know what's there, but what we really need people to do is leave a rating and a review. Right. What I found out is... A good review. A, <laughs> yeah, preferably a good one. Uh, that when you leave the reviews, that's what pushes us up towards the front, uh, which, is, which is where we need to be. If you're not following us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, please be sure to do that. Now, I'm going to do our first unsolicited uh, ad for a retailer. Oh, okay. All right, so uh, Rule King... Uh, you, I'm, I'm going to give you a shout out here. I'm not a little guy. Uh, I'm almost six five, about two thirty, and one of the hardest things I have to find is a freaking pair of blue jeans, and I refuse to buy them on the internet where I can't put them on. Finding a thirty-eight thirty-six is almost impossible. Uh, apparently, the retail stores thinks everybody's five eight and about two seventy-five, right. so that's what they're keeping in stock. So, uh, Rule King, thank you. I got to. I pay twelve bucks for a pair of jeans. They fit good and they look good. You know, I'm to the age now where I, I ain't got to have a hundred pair, hundred dollar pair of jeans. I just need one that fits. Right.
3: And if they start sending you blue jeans,
2: I really like Ford Raptors. <laughs> okay. So, All right. So if they start so, sending blue yeah. jeans, I, I'll put it in. All right. So we need. To, we're going to get on to the uh, real quickly to our picks from last week. Uh, Daniel, who's, went, who's winning? Give me a minute. Daniel went five and one. I went four and two due to my blind disdain disdain for the University of Florida. I still won't pick them, I, 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 so that's why we're gonna. That's <laughs> why we're gonna. That's why we're changing it up this week. Who they play this week, Florida? Uh, I couldn't tell you. So, uh, so I went four and two. Drew went five and one. All right. So, so me and Drew knew what was going on. <laughs> I knew what was going on. I'm just telling you. I'm, just, I'm not going to. Uh,
3: now I will say Missouri played them so close for most of that game and I thought man. Yeah, hey, I'm going to end up being I'm not right rooting for Florida, but come on.
2: <laughs> so uh so as of right now, you're one game ahead. So we have got about 3 weeks left in the season. What we're doing and uh, This week will
3: be a pull away
2: week. This this week right here is going to be uh, and our guest will be involved in this. So this is going to be um make or break. We're going to we're going to put some distance either my way or your way. Uh one other little thing, did you see the Miles Garrett uh Incident,
3: yeah, swinging the helmet. I don't think you're supposed to do that in football. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I did see the um, SNL skit today. I where, didn't see that. Um, you know, they're, they're mocking on the impeachment stuff, but the guy that plays Miles Garrett comes out and he says, Well, I was really just I found his helmet sitting there and I said, Man, I need this helmet on. So, because I just went trying to put it back on for him. So, I was like, Man, that's listen, as this,
2: we'll touch this, we'll touch again on this probably as the fines come out and the suspensions. And I've got, I, my own. I will say this,
3: my opinion is. You need to
2: miss games next year too. You don't do that. Before. I I agree. Uh, I I was saying a minimum of a year. Mm-hmm. I mean my I mean he looked like whack a mole. Yeah. I mean I've never seen anybody swing a helmet like that. Well, a few times
3: I'm thought. I mean that could be assault charges.
2: <laughs> no you know, joke. If I, if I walked up
3: to somebody in the street with a football helmet and hit them on the top of the head, you're going I'm to done. jail.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> you're going to jail. All right. So we'll we'll hit on that in the weeks to come uh, as as the NFL kind of uh, decides everything they're going to do. The guest that we have today, I've been um, really excited about it since I found out uh, that it was actually going to happen. Um, recently, like last two three years, I've become a pretty big Preds fan. This guy did not play for the Preds, but I've become a big big fan of the Preds. Now, listen, I ain't got no lie to tell you, I I, I am not a bandwagon fan. Never have been. Don't have a lot of respect for people that are. They just hop, you know, Mm -hmm. from here to here. But I got no lie to tell you. When the Preds got good, I jumped right in the middle of that bandwagon. I worked my way to the driver's seat, and by the end of it, I was driving that Mm -hmm. thing. So uh, I just – I really enjoyed – Madeline and I have been been once to see them. Uh, Even Lisa got into
3: it. And sort of hate to say this, so sorry to our guest who is listening so far – I'm hockey dumb and I've never gotten into it, but I know what a sport. If I would just learn it, I'd love it. Yeah. Just yeah. Watching the little bit I watch about me and that looks so fun, but I just, I don't know. I just never give it the chance it deserved.
2: So I'm going to give you three things that I love about hockey. All right. Number one, it's fast, man. Then boys, they are flying up and down that ice there. It is, it is, it is, it is hard to keep track of what's going on. I, I don't know how they see the puck. But I I love the speed of the game. Mm -hmm. Second thing, the probability of a fight is high. And I I watch NASCAR for the probability of the wrecks. So, when you know, hockey, somebody's going to start swinging, and (laughs) until somebody hits the ice, they just let them go. (laughs) And the third thing I like about it is every cheer or chant you get to yell at the game always ends with telling somebody else they suck. Right. How do you not like that? Yeah, right. uh, so I just get tickled. I didn't really participate because I didn't know the chant, but I just get tickled mm-hmm. listening to them. So, um, with no further ado, I want to I want to uh, introduce our guest. This gentleman played for the, he did not play for the Preds, but he did play for the Florida Panthers, where he was selected 53rd overall in the 2004 NHL Draft. He played for the Vancouver Canucks and his hometown team of the Detroit Red Wings. He also played a few uh, seasons across the pond in Russia. He played his college hockey at Michigan State, who by the way got Miles Garrett by Michigan <laughs> on Saturday, but I sorry Sparty. I was pulling for you. I can't stay in Michigan. No. He's actually won two gold medals playing internationally for the United States. For all our Southern NASCAR fans out there listening, this guy's the Dale Earnhardt of the National Hockey League. He'll blow right by you and put you in the wall as he goes by. He's currently a free agent in the NHL. Even with all that I've listed above, the most important thing to me about him is he's a born-again believer in Christ. All the things that I've listed above will rust, moths will destroy, and a hundred years from now they'll have little to no significance, actually. But he's placed his trust in the one thing that will never fail, fade away, or lose significance, and that's the saving power of Jesus Christ. He's number four in the lineup, but number one in our hearts. David Booth, welcome to the Think Like a Man podcast.
1: Oh, guys, excited to be
2: here. How about that for an intro, man?
1: I was, I was thinking that's the best intro
2: I've ever had in there my entire career. So <laughs> Thank you, guys. Well, you're welcome. Well done. You're welcome. I, uh, I was just looking around at it. Uh, apparently, that's the 2015 Detroit Red Wings uh, goal song.
1: Okay, I did I, I don't even remember that, but uh, that's. I think 2015 is when I played in Russia. So long, long way away.
2: Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we're grateful. We're thankful that you you you've taken some time out of your day to uh, to visit with us and just kind of uh, you know tell us about yourself. And I, I guess first, I let, I just kind of wanted to start with um, with your, your your childhood. You're from Detroit originally, correct?
1: That's correct. Yes. Detroit, and, born and raised there.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, to tell you something funny, um, uh, totally off subject, but I saw a picture the other uh, It's been a few weeks ago of a guy standing on his roof, and he had painted on the roof, Welcome to Detroit. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. apparently his house was right next to the airport, and he painted Welcome to Detroit. The only problem was the dude lived in Buffalo <laughs> or something like that. So, <laughs> Did you see that? I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. cracked up. I thought no, yeah. that's the kind of guy I could probably yeah. hang around a minute. So, tell me about sure. Tell us about your upbringing, uh, your uh, your your background in, in in church, your faith. That that's kind of where I want to would like to start. Sure. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks for having a Yankee on the um, on the program. My wife <laughs> always called called me a Yankee because she's from Western Tennessee, gotcha. and so you know, there's a she never thought she'd marry Yankee, as she says. Um, I'm actually going to see their family uh, tomorrow. So uh, they kind of sound just like you guys. So I feel like I'm already there. Already there. Right. Yeah. But um, anyways, yeah, no, I, I born and raised in Detroit. Um, yeah, I started playing hockey at, oh, man, four or five years old. Grew up just in a small town, uh, 45 minutes north of Detroit, and uh, went to a little private school. Uh, pretty much till ninth grade, um, you know. Then I then I started getting serious about hockey, I, I guess. And so that's when you have to. Yeah, hockey's different than than other sports. You don't play high school hockey if you're if you're uh, have any promise to a career. Oh, really? You actually have to go play ju- junior hockey, which most people move away from home. So at the age of fifteen, um, I left my my. Family at home, and I went and moved away. Um, luckily, it was just about an hour, hour and a half away, which wasn't too, which wasn't too bad. Some kids, you know, move across the country to do this, but I did that at fifteen, and um, from there, you know, that's when I started getting really serious about my career. Um, luckily, you know, my parents raised me in the church there, raised me in a Lutheran church,
2: ah, okay.
1: um, which just kind of laid, laid, laid the foundation for uh, later on in life. Well.
2: Um... So you were raised in a Lutheran church. We actually my wife and I uh have spent the last 2 years at a Lutheran church cuz we were they they were the closest thing to what we believed and um the which uh synod were you part of? Do you remember?
1: It was uh the Missouri Synod, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: that same one that the same one where we were at. So that's the definitely still the more conservative of the bunch. Right. Yes. Yeah. Now, so when you when you left at 15 um i, I that's just foreign to me mm-hmm. I, I mean i'm doing good to put one foot in front of the other at 15 much less get shipped off and i mean you thought i <laughs> i'm getting in trouble yeah i was going to say
3: i'd be in some trouble at 15 yeah, on my yeah.
2: own so is it is it so you, is it a high school is that where you're going that or how's that working
3: yeah yeah so it, it's
1: where i mean I went to a Lutheran grade school, so I think there was about 15 kids in my class, um, around 15, you know, kindergarten through eighth grade. Then I went to a big high school, 600 kids, so there's about 200 in my class for Lutheran High North um, High School. That was ninth grade. And then 10th grade, I went to Walled Lake Western, which was a public school uh, just in Metro Detroit, and boy, I was in for a... <laughs> a rude awakening there. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we had a, we had, uh, um, codes and, you know, all the, these rules on what you can wear and right. stuff like that. And how to, uh, and, you know, how to, uh, behave and you go to public school and you don't have any of that. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think I remember the first time it was the very first day of, uh, public school there was like a, a line outside of the, of the school, just like a big circle. I'm like what the, what the heck's going on right. here? And I, you know, no know one knows who I am. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just felt like a, I didn't know not one person. There's 2000 people in this school. And so I kind of go over there and it says two girls fighting before that school. <laughs> I mean, before the first day of school, I'm like, what am I get myself they, into? Have so, they been playing hockey? <laughs> i don't know i don't know what the i don't think i ever saw those those people again but i was just like man i i'm kind of i'm in for a shock here so right i remember wearing like i remember wearing what i wore to uh private school like a pair of slacks and a collared shirt <laughs> and people were looking at me like what are you doing like i remember getting looked because people were like in jeans and shorts and like white feeders and stuff like that. Yeah, it was just crazy to me. So um yeah, it just it really was. So that, that was kinda different um for me at fifteen. So yeah, I really wasn't ready for that, but uh through the year I guess it kinda kinda um, leaned uh war on me a little bit.
2: So was that is that high school so like down in Florida they have a high school called IMG Academy and that's where a lot of your very similar to what you did but it's where you see a lot of baseball and football players go um I mean, yeah. is it is that similar but it's just designed for hockey
1: So this was not um it's funny because there are today a lot of academies for hockey that are starting to um develop and you're starting to see a lot of these academies starting to form throughout the United States. But Mm. this was just a a junior hockey team, which was 20 years. You could be 20 years old and play. Um, So you have anywhere from mostly 19, 18 year olds, usually it's uh, a league to put players into college. So college hockey is different in the sense that you don't go right from high school. Most college teams, you know, you go at 21 and you're a freshman. So mm. there's this little league before high really? school and college. It's called junior. So I was 15 playing against 18 and 19 year old uh-huh. preparing so I could go to college actually on time. That was my goal. Uh, that was where I was at uh, in my development. So I ended up actually only going to three years of high school. I took summer classes all through high school and, um, even through college, but I, I did three years of high school so I could actually go to college earlier. So I was a 17-year-old freshman going into college, you know, Culture playing shock against 2024. Again. Exactly, you know. <laughs> I, I remember, I mean, I remember like the first first week, I, a teammate wanted to fight me because I wasn't drinking. I was like, I've never had a drink in my life. I'm 17 <laughs> years old. And these guys are like, man, this guy's not a team player. I was like, I don't even... Like, I took a sip, and I was like, that's something gross. Yeah. How are you guys even drinking this? What's so cool about this? Yeah, yeah just
2: a lot of culture shock for me. Well, I, I'm talking about the drinking, I, I've never I, I've never been a fan, and um, this is a little bit crude, but I'm, when I was in the Air Force, that's, that's what they did, and I just, it wasn't my thing, you know, and a guy was, I said, taste awful. And he said, "Well, it's an acquired taste." And I said, "Well, I can walk out here in the yard and eat a dog turd long enough to acquire a taste for that too, but I'm not going to." <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, if it, did, I just don't get it. But uh, so that that's kind of a developmental league, I, I guess is another way to say it. Between that two, or three years before college, correct?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I was I, I miss what you said there, but I I just remember like. Making the guys get me a, a Mike's Hard Lemonade just so I could have something to sip on, <laughs> uh, you know, just so I wasn't like just kind of out to you know I, really just out to luck. I mean, I don't know how all these guys did that, but that was just something that um, you know, yeah, it took me it took me a while to really acquire that taste, and I'm glad I I really did not So right. uh, yeah, that was quite interesting. So
2: how was your? Um, this kind of leads me to another thing. So. Going all the way back to even once you left the house, you uh, at fifteen, your 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 faith, I would say, was being tested. Even I mean, I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. You're already experiencing the world. I would, I mean, I would say anybody at fifteen, I'd still consider a new believer. It, you know, you just don't have enough time in service. You know, time and grade, so to speak. How right. did, how did you how did that work for you? Were you able to? kind of toe the line, or did you fall off and have to get back on, and how'd that work?
1: Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a great question. You know, looking back at it, I think it was uh, being raised in the Lutheran church, uh, going to uh, a private school that really taught me values um, and the right morality, I want to say, uh, how to live. You know, it wasn't really until college, actually, that I really got into what we would call a born again, where you're really deciding for yourself. And it's just not something that you do because that's the way you were raised. You know, I come from a, my dad was very, um, very stern, very disciplined. And so, you know, it was more out of fear that I, you know, I wouldn't drink. you know, I was afraid of getting in trouble or,
0: um,
1: you know, do it, this party and and any of those things. So, you know, that kind of got me through those years, 15, 16, 17, um, you know, where I was just kind of not running around. A lot of kids can get off track very quick there uh, trying to fit in. And that's Mm -hmm. something that, yeah, like I told you earlier, I was kind of a – I don't think I fit in all the time just because I was always, you know, hanging around people that were five years older than me and they were just in different parts of their life. So I was just going on what I was raised on. And then finally come to college is really when I – with, you know, a, just the Bible, just reading the Bible. Cause I, you know, when I was 15, 16, 17, I, I don't think I had like a quiet time. I don't think I had a prayer life, right. you know, just doing uh, more morality uh, until I got to college. And that, then that changed.
2: Yeah. That's um, that was, and, and I've, I've, I just, as I was kind of thinking about our conversation and stuff, uh, you're even once you left college and you go into professional hockey you're getting all kinds of stuff thrown at you at that point. I mean, you really better have your feet grounded or you get derailed in a hurry. Yeah,
1: you're, you're so right. I mean, one of my favorite um, uh, preachers or speakers is Ravi Zach. I think he's just so awesome. I I turned, got turned on to Robbie uh, when I was playing in Vancouver. You know, I was, I was sending some just – that's what kind of when Twitter got popular, and I remember just tweeting some Christian – Uh, messages or some Bible verses and people are like, Man, how can you I gotta turn out a Robbie? Robbie, Just draw a lot and serve just a little bit. You're gonna get sucked in so quick and you're gonna start developing habits that are so hard to break. Mm -hmm. And so that was just something I think that really helped me early on with just those habits I had kinda get me through the transition phase. Uh, coming, uh, you know, what, how am I going to act in certain situations? You know, when the world's thrown at you, how, how do you act? And so I think it was just a habit that I had, um, just because that's the way I was raised. And so I think that that really got me through that. But then I started to transition into, I want to do this more out of love. And,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, obeying out of love versus obeying out of fear. I right. think kind of, you know, my childhood was out of fear. You know, I'm just afraid of, of punishment or I'm afraid of this, where when you start to really understand the gospel, you start to just get joy out of yeah. it. It's, it's fulfilling. And so that was just a great transition a great, uh, you know, uh, time in my life.
2: You know, Paul tells us about the, uh, the law being the... Um that that's what drives us to the gospel if you it that's the convicting part and that's the bad thing about the old testament was you know the law can't save right. they were saved by faith you know abraham and all that but it, it you know the law is the fear that you're talking about or the are the the fear of consequences so to speak so then the gospel is it really is good news isn't it
1: Um, you're right yeah i mean as one of my Yeah, one of my favorite speakers uh, is Tim Keller, too, and he just talked about the gospel and what is the gospel. I mean, we think the gospel is like a Bible term, but, you know, he just tells the story the gospel wasn't a Bible story. It was actually before that. The gospel, it wasn't just merely good news. It, he says it was a life-changing news. Exactly. It's something that completely changes absolutely everything. It's not how to live your life. It's it's a whole worldview that really just it's life changing. And that's what really makes sense. I think they got it from um, the Greeks in a battle uh, battle of marathon. And what happened, there was an evangelist and he ran 26 miles to tell his city that they won the battle. And that's where we get marathon from running the oh, 26 miles. Okay, And so, yeah, they say that that's, they tell the city that they won the battle and that they are free forever. They're no longer under the bondage. So it was life changing news. That that's where we get gospel. yeah. So that's just a great, great, uh great story there.
2: My, uh, Robbie Zacharias actually spoke at my sister's college graduation. Um, Oh, no way. Yeah. I wish that I'd been paying a little closer attention to be honest with you, <laughs> but cause now, you know, now I, I'd, I'd, I'd love to, I, I like Ravi myself and, Tim, Tim Keller is great. Keller. Uh, we, we were all, we were, I thought, you know, I told Daniel, I said, gosh, I didn't, I hope he's not Mormon, you know, cause mm-hmm. our mutual friend had told me that you were a Christian and I said, I, 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 what am I going to do if this guy says I go to the LDS? So well, I'm going <laughs> to tell you something, David, uh, everything you have said just, is just it spot on, spot on, right on the money. Oh. And, and that's just great. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, you know, a lot of the guys you just mentioned, Daniel and I both listen oh, to. Oh, yeah, man, Tim Keller, I love. Yeah,
3: I, they, they are
1: they are so good. I mean, just being, playing hockey and having that job where you're kind of forced to work on Sundays,
0: mm-hmm. I really
1: wasn't able to ever, you know, and you're always, every, every year we're in a different city. So, you know, that was one part that was always hard is just having that Christian home community. Right. So, you know, we got turned on to a lot of just great, Really great preachers: Robbie, um, Francis Chan, Tim Keller. I like Frank Turk. I mean, he's so I good like at um, combining uh, politics and Christianity and how to take a stand. Because sometimes we Christians think, oh, we just say. When I think Frank just uh, encourages us. I mean, that's what's shaping our future sure. is how Christians, you know, are involved in politics. If we just keep stepping out. You know, then you're just going to see our whole world change. The church is going to get smaller and, uh, mm-hmm. and not have the um, just the impact if we don't take a stand. So there's just been a lot of that. That's the great part about podcasts. They just have really changed people. They changed my way of, of learning. And I'm just um, glad that I could be on here and, and talking.
2: Uh, that's great. Do you ever listen to uh, R.C. Sproul or John MacArthur?
1: I, I, I haven't, but I, I definitely read some of their things. I, you know, I get their news feed um, all the time on on Instagram. RC, I know RC and uh, RC and John MacArthur. I know those are. Uh, we, we will probably won't get on this, but I think they're uh, Calvinists. If I'm not uh, they are. mistaken, they are. <laughs> are. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're,
2: you're talking to two. <laughs> so,
1: okay, so. man. So. So I had to, I had to break this news to my wife um, when we were in Russia. I mean that's the thing when we were in Russia we were I mean we were listening to so many people and I remember you know we're, we were listening to a bunch of, of Rick Warren when we were um, on uh, over there and you know he said something about Calvinists. I was like, yeah, my buddy Noah's a Calvinist and she's like, well what what's that mean? And so you know she was born back uh, raised Baptist and so i would explain it her whole world, like, kind of shook before her eyes. <laughs> she was we, – we talk about Calvinism, you know, so much. It's one of our main discussions. It's, uh, it's just such a great, great topic to talk about. Yeah.
2: yeah it, it, well, it depends on who you're talking with it about. Yeah, I've been it, in places where I thought sure. they were about to start throwing stuff at me. So –
1: Sure, and that's the thing. Yeah, we. Yeah, we try to <laughs> – she she would probably have been she probably would have been the one to start throwing things. she gets fired <laughs> up about it.
2: Does, so. she, does
0: wow.
1: she? I'm yeah. going I'll to ta-
2: I'll tell yeah. you David, it is one of the when when it settles in your heart, it's it's it, it, it because it focuses your your attention. The only thing you're looking at at yourself is the absolute rottenness of yourself. All the glory goes to Christ and what he did and and his and it blows your mind that he'd save me. When I when I look at I yeah. and, and we know we we know our own hearts. I know how bad I can be. And the and so everybody else may look at it and say, Well, he's not really that bad of a guy. I know my heart. And then I think it, it's not the fact that God would say would pick to save some. It's the fact that he'd save any we're rotten you know and it is such a great truth and it it and all of a sudden for myself all of a sudden a lot of weight came off when i realized i don't have to perform i mean that's a work salvation anyway you know christ did it all did it all i bring nothing to the table and uh that's and that's hard to get over for some people. I still look at them as brother and sisters in Christ. Now a lot of them don't look at me that way. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you know. And
1: that's unfortunate. Yeah, it that's is. unfortunate. I mean, you know, and there there's I mean, I, I look at it cause I want to see both sides because it is such a I, I we might be going to Passion uh which is a conference Louis Giglio puts on yeah, mm-hmm. and yep, and so I know John Piper's going to be there and Robbie Zacharias. And I just want to ask in front of them both. So let's talk about Calvinism because I know they, <laughs> they both would just free so, such good sides of a debate. And it would just be unbelievable to hear right. those two geniuses talk about it. You know? right? So, I oh, know man. Quick, quick so, I love here, right? I love listening to people like that. Yeah.
3: So if we went to Passion, we'd be sitting in the stands. Do you get to go to Passion? Do you get to, like, go backstage and meet these guys? <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, I, I remember when I was playing in Vancouver, when I when I was playing in Vancouver. Louis brought me up on stage. I was like, he told me like five minutes before. He's like, "Hey, you're gonna come up on stage really quick." I was oh, like, nice. Wait, "What?" <laughs> yeah, so that he uh, he um, he just had someone lay hands on me and pray. And the, like when we were praying, you know, the whole he, he was it was insane. I, I remember taking like a lot of heat in Vancouver for you know what my beliefs were. And mm-hmm. that's when I started to have a, I wanted to have a defense, um, you know, in Christianity, cause I know it's true right. and I want people to live in the truth. And so Louie brought me on. He's like, we're just going to pray for you that you, you grow in your faith that you grow And I mean, that was just a life changing moment. Oh for
2: that. man. That's great. You, yeah. uh, if you get, yeah. get a chance, the second episode that we've got, you'll probably enjoy it. He is actually a reformed pastor from Canada. And he, he, I saw
1: that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It will have him back. I didn't get to answer or ask everything, talk everything I wanted to, but that was really, that was a good episode. So you, you'd probably enjoy that. So,
3: right on. If you go, like, you look at the culture, Christian culture right now, like a Major League Baseball, the NFL, you see the NBA, you see it growing. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that the same in the NHL? Is there a, you know what? Uh,
1: it, it's, it's, tough. I think NHL is always lagging in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any I I, I don't know um, what I don't know the percentages of right. the other sports, but I would say hockey is mostly non uh, you know not non American. Uh, right. You know, there's a lot of Canadians, a lot of Europeans, a lot of Russians. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of more different beliefs than you know. You come from uh, you know football or baseball. Yeah, yeah, I understand baseball can have their Um, the Southerners, uh, you know, South Americans or Puerto Rican or wherever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I I just think it's, um, it's just, yeah, it's just different in hockey where, yeah, you know, Czech, the Czech Republic and Sweden, I think are two of the biggest atheistic countries in the world. And so when you have a lot of players coming from there and Russia, I mean, Russia, you know, you have uh, religion that is, you know, it's run by the government. So, you're just really having a lot of this different viewpoints, so it kind of lags in that sense. And then, you know, most of the teams um, can have chapels. I think there's only a couple teams that, uh, you know, the management doesn't doesn't want doesn't allow chapels, right. which is quite crazy. Because if that, if it was the other way around, you know, like if it was saying no, we can't, you know, um, take. Let's just say we we can't have any, um, you know. Um, I want to say what's the right word. You, you know, you have to be so careful in how right. you say it, but if you want to have like any stuff, you know, you can't have a celebrating party right. to celebrate homosexuality. You know, you, the guy would be fired in a, in a second, yeah, but for right. exactly. someone to say, no, we don't, we, we don't want, we don't want chapel. That's completely fine. Sure. And, and so the, the double edged sword is just, it's crazy. There's a
2: double standard and it's, right. and it's, it's not just the NHL. Sure. It, it's across the yeah, United yeah, States everywhere at, at this point, you know.
1: Exactly. And I remember, you know, when I was in Florida, I was um, – people were inquiring about getting – you know, a, a team was inquiring about a trade. And so they were like – you know, they're doing their research. And I remember my strength coach coming up to me. And, you know, she's like, hey, you know, the the general manager of the team called me and he talked to about 10 different – People and he's really close on on trading for you, but he called me and just asked me like, "Hey, I know he I I know he's a Christian, but like, is he really a Christian? Or uh, you know, is that just yeah. something that he <laughs> you about. know is that just something that he yeah?" And so he's like, "No, he's you know he he's a Christian. I mean, he's uh, you know he lives that way. You know, he's not one that's gonna you know be found in the bar or
0: mm-hmm. strip
1: club or something like that and I remember that that was the deciding factor where the team said no we don't we don't want that kind of Christian on our team. Really? And so I remember remember him telling me that and that was just kind of crazy wow. to hear, you know, yeah. that that was something that my what I do off the ice impacted my performance on the ice.
2: Wow. that That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. I, I, mean, like, I know. So what I kind know. of Christian do you want? Name only? I like, apparently yeah. by name only you're their token Christian. It, that's, they can wag around. That there, you know? They don't want you to be right. Yeah. Ah, that's crazy.
1: Right. Well, I, and, yeah, I guess sometimes because a lot of people, you know, if they're, if they're unsure what they believe and they were raised in a church, they say, Oh, I'm, I'm a Christian, you know? And I think sometimes Christians get a bad rep because sometimes that's the default religion that they'll mm-hmm. say, it's yeah. just I, I was raised in a church. So I'll just say I'm a Christian. You know and people see these people living a a non Christian life and they think well that's all a Christian you know that that doesn't uh really I don't want to be a Christian so uh, maybe that's what they were talking about just like a default kind
2: of is this mm-hmm. that really a
1: Christian or is he just a default kind of Christian
0: right.
2: wow um if i you if know. I remember correctly when i uh looking up some of his stuff you were you were drafted and still stayed two more years at Michigan state correct before you went on to yeah, Florida so all right, so – That's correct, and that's – Yep. How does <laughs> – I mean – How do you make that decision? Well, and how do you – I mean, I'm thinking you got a bunch of money hanging out there. Mm-hmm. How did you come to that decision that you'd stay for two more years and and not go on pro?
1: Yeah, so hockey's a little bit different. Uh, I mean, very, very few people can play in the NHL at 18. You know, I mean, okay. you're, you probably get two 18-year-olds a year – if you're lucky to play, I mean, you're the best of the best in the in the world, and you might get a chance. So, you know, most guys come in around 22, 23, 24 uh, when they've had, you know, time to develop. They, they go to the minors. They play in the minors, you know. And so for me, I was like, why don't I just get my college graduation? I can play college. I'll be 21 when I graduate, and then I can go play minor for – you know, a couple of years, I'll be 23 and then I could give it a shot, you know, yeah. but my dad was big on school. Um, so he told me, Hey, you're going to get your degree. And it was a kind of a no brainer uh, for me. So that was kind of a very easy decision. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I, I would have
2: made it even, uh, at 18, 19 or 20. You didn't, you didn't stay in the minors long though, did you? No. And, and
1: I, you know, so out of college, I signed a three year contract and that was just for like a, they call it a two-way contract, so you are in the minors. You, if you're in the minors, you get paid a certain amount, and if you're in the NHL, you get paid a certain amount. Well, right. the team I drafted in Florida just says, here's the um, entry-level deal. It's the minimum for NHL. It's the minimum for the minors. Take it or leave it. So I was just like, yeah. I mean, right now I'll play hockey. And so I remember playing, um, you know, about 15 games ne- I thought I was going to be in the minors for about three years, and it wasn't going to be until my fourth year after this contract that I'd get a chance in the NHL. But after 15 games in the minors, I got called up. Um, I remember I, yeah, you know, just I was deer hunting um, in New York, Sugar. and I was I was driving back home, and my coach called me. He's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I was like, "Well, oh, I just got done uh, shooting a deer." I remember shooting a deer that night. He's like, "Well," um. You're going to uh, Boston tomorrow. I was like, "Wait for what?" And he's like, "You're going to play with Florida." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was so jacked, so jacked. Oh, up. Uh, yeah, it was just a—it was a great day all around. Did you so, pull over uh, and throw uh, up? Fo- <laughs> no, I remember calling my dad. My dad was probably more excited than than I was, but it was just such a—I I don't remember much, but that's a certain phone call that you kind of always just oh, yeah. remember—that
2: first phone call. Oh, that's. Um... That's, um, un- I, 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 like, I said, like I told the guy last week, I will never know that feeling.
3: No, no. You know,
2: but he talked about his draft day. He got, when you listen to it, you'll hear him. He got called by the giants the night that Barry bonds was broke the record for the home runs. Oh, yeah. He said, they called me yeah. and said, Hey, we've got some good news for you, but. Barry Bonds is about to come to bat, and we'll call you back after his bat. After his bat, that was the at bat that he broke the record. He said it was like forty five minutes before somebody called him back. He said I'm pacing the floor, you know. Yeah.
1: Oh man, well, you know what? It, it is a cool. Um, it is a cool experience getting that call. I'll tell you what, there are, there are so many more hard times, tough times than than the one phone call. The you know uh, that that is just a, you. Kind of look back and you, you think about that five ten minutes. But man, there are days, months, years of just <laughs> of grinding for right. for that. And there, so there's a lot more down times that are a lot tougher on you than the than the good uh, shows for.
3: So I have a couple of questions for you. And like I said at the beginning, I'm hockey dumb. <laughs> I mean the most hockey I've had in my life and I need to give it a fair shake I really do because I love sports the most hockey I've had is mighty ducks and but I guess I, okay, so stick with me if these sound like dumb questions or not I said three that's on my mind first one you mentioned when boys you talked about fights earlier so baseball other sports are trying to retract that baseball they're trying to stop pitchers from hitting batters you know football they're working on don't hit too hard don't hit mm-hmm. these areas. Is that something in hockey? Or they try? Have they tried? Or have they ever try to reduce the fights in the game?
1: So you're asking if they try to reduce the fights in the game? Yeah, something
3: that's natural to hockey, that's popular to hockey. Do they? I mean, has that made that to that sport too, where they're trying to? So
1: you're asking if they're trying to like get rid of fighting in the game right now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think that's that's what makes hockey uh, so unique. Oh, is,
2: amen, brother. It's funny.
1: I, I, yeah, it's just one of those things that um, there's a, a a fear out there. I think you know hockey's the only one where you kind of really fear. Uh, you know, you can't go just be a uh, be a goon out there. You're going to have someone to answer to, mm-hmm. and so you kind of it kind of keeps itself in in check. Where you know you can't just go slash a guy because then you're going to have the whole team coming after you, and you're going to pay a price. Right. And really? so I think that that intimidation. To keep players honest out there, and um, you know, I think the game doesn't fight as much, it's such a faster game now than it was 10, 15 years ago. It is unbelievable how skilled this game is becoming, but there Mm -hmm. still will always be that um, you know, those two or three players on the team that um, can not only skate well, play well, but they can fight too, and so uh, those guys are play such a huge role on the
3: team. So my other question, in hockey movies, I'm telling you that's where I'm stuck at. But in <laughs> hockey movies, the Russian team's usually the bad team, you know, or the Iceland, you know, Mighty Ducks, right. the Iceland team. So you played here, you played in Russia. Is there a difference in hockey? I mean, is there? Is it different?
1: There is. Y- yeah, yes, there, there definitely is. I mean, uh, I think the North American game is more physical. It's more really? uh, checking, you know. Yes, yeah, the, the Russians are way more the most- um, in the gills yes but guess the other way i would have too no no they i mean i there was a couple hits uh that i you know i um, that's kind of my game is being a physical guy you know fast physical strong on the puck kind of thing and i remember going to russia and like just playing that way and just absolutely like guys weren't expecting to get hit so i hit them very very hard and i was expecting like someone to come after me you know because that's what would have happened in the nhl is, right. you know you i thought i was gonna get in a fight and guys would just like skate the other way i remember i dropped the gloves with some guy and he skated away from me <laughs> and so it was just like it was completely bizarre i mean it was just insane um, like
3: you were waiting for you know, something to happen I, yeah.
1: yeah exactly so but they they do they uh they play a uh, a very fast, controlled, uh, more stick handling and shooting kind of game than I guess uh, over here in North America. Okay.
3: So my last question is for me as I try to dig into some hockey and get used to it and start watching. If you're scouting like for hockey players, what do they look for? Like if you're going to get drafted, what, what do you what do they look for in hockey players? Like what should I look for if I'm watching hockey or however that goes?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. I think is there's, there's, the thing with hockey. If you look at it, I, I really think it is, not just because I play it. I, maybe that's part of the reason. Uh, but if you look at it, there's so many different skill sets that you have to have mm-hmm. in hockey. I mean, you're not just throwing on shoes. You have to learn how to skate. And then you have to learn how to shoot. Then you have to learn how to pass. Then you have to learn how to check. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to play defensive zone coverage, because you're always on defense. Then you have to learn how to play offense, because you're always on offense. And then you have to face off play. I mean, there's just so many different aspects of the game that you can, um, you know, be good at, that people look at. So that's what, and that's part of the team game, right? It's like, how are we, if you're a scout, what areas do we need to fill? Do we need a really fast guy
0: okay. um,
1: on the on the on the wing? Do we need a really physical guy uh, to protect our you know our skilled mm-hmm. guy? But I
0: would
1: say it's definitely more of speed they're looking for. I think speed's the number one. If you're a good skater and you have um, a good sense of spatial awareness on the ice. You know where to be, when to be, right. and you're smart, your hockey IQ. So if you have good hockey IQ and you're fast, I think the other skills can come easier. The stick handling, the shooting. Those things can be taught a little bit easier.
2: Gotcha. The um Yeah i let, let me tell you something, David. I I I saw I'm gonna say two words to you. You tell you tell me if you know what I'm talking about. The hit. Right. The hit. Oh yeah! Yeah. Listen, bro. Oh my gosh, dude. I I don't. There ain't a whole lot that makes me squint my eyes and turn and turn away, but that. (laughs) Let me tell you, the next emotion. This is what I thought was. I hope there was eight or ten guys over there on his bench that put a freaking bullseye on that guy, and he paid a hefty price for that. uh, yeah, I, I mean, dude, I'm re- I'm ready to put skates on and go find him.
1: <laughs> that, that... I had to fight him at my first. Yeah, I had to fight him my first game back. Yeah, oh really? I could I couldn't do much. I couldn't do much after that one. So.
2: Oh my gosh, man, that was. Uh, I mean this. I mean this question in all seriousness. Is there you know because one of the things that we're seeing now with the NFL is the concussion deal and the. 10 years down the road, these guys who suffered concussion after concussion are having problems. Have you had any residual effects off of that? You know what? I've been tested a few
1: times. I've actually taken uh, very serious training uh, in my brain because my wife's worried about it, Um, you know, so I've seen a couple uh, very good specialists about my brain and I've been doing brain activities, but there definitely is just some – Inflammation there from that, but that's something that you know through through diet, through training. um, You know, and we're learning more all the time about this stuff. So I'm just trying to uh, continue to, you know, keep my brain um, my brain healthy as I can.
2: Okay, that's um, I just I've I've never been hit like that in my life, so I I wouldn't know what that felt like to. I would retire. Yeah. 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 He, he, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. People were saying
1: I sh- I should have retired. Yeah, yeah. I mean that you know and I and that's the thing I've taken a couple other hits since then and so I, I, it definitely changed my career uh, for sure. sure. I was I was never I was never the same um, when you miss that much time when you have a you, you know your motor patterns are different. I started getting injured all the time. It was yeah. just my my brain wasn't wired the same way and so you know to try to keep up and try to do certain things after your brain's taken those kind of, uh, a beating. It was, uh, it was really tough on, on me and my career.
2: I'm, uh, listen, I know the, the script scripture tells us that the, um, vent, uh, the vengeance, vengeance is the Lord's. Let me tell you something. Yep. Uh, it had been hard for me not to take whatever they gave me the first time I hit the ice, yeah. I would come after across the street with, or across the ice with that my, with my stick raised like an axe. Now
3: you mentioned you had to fight him when you came back, right? The well, one, I thing. did, and that, that's just more of uh, that's more
1: of just you know you have to respect yourself in the game. Right. Like, right. If I don't go fight him, then so i just going to run at me the whole time, right. trying to hit me and just saying this guy's not. He's not going to fight back. So it's it's with anything in life, you got to take a stand right. for for yourself. Sure. You know. Sure. And So um, that's what I did, but I I remember. Uh, playing Mike in um, in Vancouver in the in the playoffs, and you know we never shake hands after games. The only time you ever shake hands in the NHL is after a playoff series and one team advances
0: mm-hmm. and the
1: other team. And so Mike was on LA. I was on Vancouver, and they beat us. And so this is the first time I'm actually going to go shake this guy's hand. <laughs> and so I was just like, man, you know. What's gonna happen? I remember getting to him. I was like, "Mike, I forgive you." You know, that's all I just said. <laughs> really? I just wanted to, I just wanted to get it off my and then chest. You cu- put it behind and, me, and-,
2: and then you cup checked him.
1: <laughs> no, I, yeah, I could have. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So yeah, should have had you guys on the line before that.
2: Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh. So you, you you talked about your your injuries, and I know that affected your time in Vancouver. You know, there was. A lot of um you know hope when you went up there and you just dealt with some things and um it can be very frustrating i want to give you uh uh, it's not the same but it is the same um and and explain my frustration for something in my life and you just tell me how you dealt with it so about eight years ago i was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis are you familiar with that at all
1: I'm not, I hear commercials for it, but I don't, right. I don't know. Well,
2: I'm on one of the medicines that you hear, Humera, And so, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Thank, thankfully for Humera, uh, that's the only reason I can walk from one side of the room to the other. I have severe rheumatoid arthritis and it hit every joint that I've got in my body. And, uh, it it's debilitating. And the only way I've ever been able to describe the pain to somebody, and and I know you're going to relate to this, but if you've ever had when when you've had a severe sprain, like an ankle, that pain that you have with that severe pain is what RA feels like. Now put it in your whole body in every joint all at the same time. So I can remember it took them about a year from my first symptom till they got it under control. And, you know, God has wired man or men to take care of your family, provide. Uh, Now, not everybody's doing it. We all know that. But as a husband and a father and the provider and the caregiver or, or protector of my house, I couldn't do it. I had to ask my wife to take the lid off the mayonnaise. I I couldn't even, I couldn't, I couldn't turn the lid. And you talk about frustrating. I was, I I couldn't work. I couldn't, I was doing good to, to, like I said, to walk from one side of the room to the other. And I'm not the only person in my mind that I'm disappointing. And it was my wife. You are dealing with injuries that are not allowing you to perform at your peak level. And you've got a whole province up there mad at you. you. You know what I mean? How, how how did you deal with that? I mean, I'm sure your faith played a big part in that. Sure, I mean, first of all, yeah, see, and that's the thing. Like
1: uh, athletes, um, yeah, we take a little a little beatings here and there. But man, isn't it awesome the way God created our bodies that we can heal? Oh yeah. What that we just don't break a bone and it's broken for the rest of our life, right. or you know, I, you know, you'd just be. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be here. I mean. I've broken my knee in two spots, my shoulder in two spots, Mm. I've uh, broken my ankle, um, broken my first rib twice, Mm. I've separated my shoulder, I mean, the list goes on and on, I've broken my foot, Mm. so it's just amazing that the body can heal Heal. itself, and that's, heal, I mean, what I go through, it's only only a couple weeks, you know, then you're feeling fine, but like for, for you to deal with what you were just telling me, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I felt, I felt that pain for, like you said, like when it happens, it kind of lingers for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or after you have surgery, you know, you're the the pain meds wear off, mm-hmm. you feel it for a day or so, but to live like that.
0: Oh, and I know
1: there are people that are, Oh, I, I that the people that do that. It's, it, um, it's amazing to me, but those people that do that, they that either buries them or it makes them so much stronger in mm-hmm. life, and I can tell from what you're saying that you know what you're not going to let that defeat
0: you.
2: No,
1: and I think that's what that's what Christ gives us. He doesn't let us just stay in our defeated state. He came, and he paid the ultimate price, and that's and that's one thing that it's amazing is all other religions, no other religious leader came and actually suffered no i mean christ knows our suffering all mm-hmm. and that's just amazing to me is we actually have a god that wanted to suffer and suffer far greater than we do oh. so at least he understands us at least he can sympathize with us because he's done that and so i think pain and suffering actually really makes a strong case for christ and it mm. actually um makes us lean on him because he went through it and he conquered it so we know that someday we can conquer it too.
2: Right. I I believe wholeheartedly in the sovereignty of God and I believe in the sovereignty of uh, his sovereignty in everything. And so this uh, he he allowed this eight years ago going on nine years ago for this side of heaven I may never know what the reason is but I trust him and I know that Hey, my, my, grace is sufficient and all oh, that's one of my favorites, you know, uh, 2 yeah. Corinthians 12, nine, that was a huge one for me. Yeah. It's sufficient. And you'll, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm still here. I'm not leaving you. And, but you're going to walk this road because this is what I've ordained for you to walk. Okay. I trust you, you know, and there's days it's not easy. You know, thankfully he also put me in touch with a great rheumatologist and some good medicine. And the, and the medicine works. and uh, But it's allowed me to talk to people, um, which is, you, you know, like I said, I may never know fully this side of heaven what his reasons were. But um, sure. but I trust him. So I know. I, you, go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I mean, if we look at the times where, you know, we've grown the most, where we our character has been developed the most, it's always due to the, the more difficult times. I mean, if I look back on my life. Yes, I can. I can take one minute of your time and tell you all my accomplishments,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's it. I mean, my whole career is summed up in one minute. Mm-hmm. But the person I am today is not because of the good, the high time. It's because of the struggles, because of the injuries, because of the tough times. Right. You know that you go through. We all go through it. I mean, it, if you were to ask me who suffers more people in the NHL or your average middle-class worker, I'm going to say it's the people at the top. I think they're the most desperate. They're the most lost. Mm-hmm. They think that this earth, all they're after is pleasure, 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 mm-hmm. and pleasure. It never satisfies if it's not rooted in Christ. And oh. that's something I've seen. I've been at the top. I've seen it. And I just look at these people and they're so lonely and they're desperate they just want they want affirmation they want someone to love them and they're looking in all the wrong places and i know it's it's because they're so afraid of the pain or so afraid of the discomfort so i know through those hard times it's actually shaping us and molding us into who christ wants us to be
2: Mm, that's great so you're a big hunter uh you, you you uh you hunt a lot don't you
1: it's my, it's my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I love. All right, so so what's your I what's love, your
2: favorite yeah. what's your favorite animal to hunt?
1: Oh man, you know, growing up in Michigan, it was always going elk. Uh, it was always going whitetail hunting. You mm. know, mixed in with a couple of duck hunts, you know that. But now that I live out in Montana, man, elk hunting is like no mm. other. I mean, it is so fun. I used to be a big turkey hunter, right. you know, because that was. After, after the season, I could hunt. Uh, you know, you couldn't hunt whitetails because that's pretty much November. I'm just coming off of three weeks in, o- in Ohio right now, whitetail hunting. But, um, okay. uh, you know, I used to be a big turkey hunter. I remember getting up 33 straight days, like at 4 a.m., to go hunt turkeys. Um, that's how much I loved it. But then... I got into elk hunting, and so instead of a little 20-pound bird, you're having an 800-pound <laughs> yeah, animal yeah, coming
2: coming running at you. It is it's so cool. So listen, and this is no joke. For about the last eight or 10 years, I have tried. My wife has deep in East Tennessee roots, and I have tried to talk her into selling everything we got and moving to Montana. How in the world did you get your <laughs> wife out of East Tennessee into Montana? Cause I'm old poodle. You know,
1: so that's the thing. I remember we got married in Montana just because she knew I loved w- love being out west. Yeah. We can go get married out there. So 2014, we got married out there and then, you know, we were living in Toronto. We, we moved 12 times in one year. We moved oh, like man. picked up and moved, wow. picked up and moved. So in, in a 12 month period, we moved 12 times. So we were always just, kind of goal we never knew that's like that's kind of the way the hockey lifestyle was for us um so i remember a couple of years ago like trying to convince she goes i will not live in montana and so we were looking in chicago she didn't want to be in um in tennessee you know she she likes going to visit there and um you know she doesn't uh she doesn't mind going back visiting but she didn't want to be in Tennessee. She didn't want to be in Detroit. So we were kind of set on Chicago, but couldn't find anything we really liked. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, why don't we just do, continue looking at um, Montana?" So started looking the Bozeman area just to kind of get her, you know, her peak her interest. She started to warm up, and then my brother is out in the area, so. I try to find the best house I could within our price range, right? And I thought I found it. I mean, it has a private runway on it. I, I'm a pilot, so I <laughs> nice. am able to fly, and so we can take off from our house and go land at our, ten minutes from her house in East Tennessee, in West Tennessee, which is in the middle. It is Hicktown. <laughs> I mean, it is two and a half hours from Nashville. It's two and a half hours from Memphis. Oh, it's in the it's middle an hour of nowhere. From it's in the middle of nowhere so we can take off from our house and land in her house in like four hours uh, four three three and a half hours and be at wow. her house so she decided that that was a goal and she just told me the other day she's like i absolutely love living in
2: montana Golly, dude i got I, I, so, I need her i need i need her to make a phone call man you know and- I, I know she she's she, I cannot believe when
1: she said that, she goes, I'm so happy we live here right now. You know, so, um, yeah, I was just a, really, it was a a huge blessing.
2: So, so this is, this is my, my next little comment here. What is, what is a brother got to do to take a trip out there to hang out with you and hunt something dangerous or a big elk or Uh just, just come see you in Montana. What's a brother got to do to make that happen?
1: You got to take a number and get in line. You know, how many people <laughs> have to, want to do that? But we can make it happen. We can make it happen. You know, that's something that uh, I enjoy that. I mean, you know, getting to that, I just want to be out in the woods. So uh, when my tag, you know, to build a tag, I want just want to go out there and hunt again. So that's something that we can always, uh, we can make it
2: happen. Dude, I, I, John Denver is my favorite artist that's ever walked the face of this earth. And I can listen to his music and sit and look at the mountains. And, and I, I mean, no joke, man, I am in heaven. I just, I love it out west. And I've been wanting to make a trip. And, um, hey, what better way than go, like, kill a bear or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Oh, man. There, there,
1: I killed a bear in my uh, front yard, I should say, uh, a couple of years ago there. Uh, maybe. So that was kind of cool. They're they're all over. We had mountain lions in my backyard, mountain oh. lion tracks. So I know. So they're they're everywhere. Like
2: is, is uh, whatever you want. What, what town are you? What where are you close to out there? Tallahassee. Okay. All right. So are you on the west side close to the Rockies or more towards the other end?
1: Um yeah, so we're kind of Glacier National Park, we're like 45 minutes oh, uh dude, from Glacier National Park. So yeah, it's unbelievable out there. We are I mean, not it really supposed is. to cover I
2: am not supposed to covet, it, but I'm I'm like right in the middle of it right now. Right in the middle of. I it. I, I hear you. My brother lived out there. Um, and so
1: when I visited him, I go, "Yep, we got to do it." And so we did it.
0: Oh,
2: man, that that's great. Well, David, we're going to we're going to do a couple other things here to kind of wrap the wrap the show up. Um the sure. conversation was great. Um, and, and we're going to do the first thing we're going to do, we're going to do, we're, we're trying something a little different. Um, one of the things we like to do or try to do here is laugh a lot. So, you know, one of our goals okay. in this program was to show that Christians actually can laugh at each other, laugh with each other, and laugh at funny stuff. <laughs> so, uh, sure. we've got a new little segment here that. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if the name's going to stick or not, but it. Uh, one of the funniest things is people that cannot um, they are uh, tongue-tied or they say the wrong thing, and we, you know, they get caught on video or anything like that. So this name of this segment is called articulation constipation. Hey. I don't like to make anybody stay here until 7 a.m. or 11 or whatever it is everybody finally left. I didn't make this kid pass out on my floor. People wanted to be here. That was their decision. Welcome to Articulation Constipation. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to set the stage for you a little bit so you know what's going on. This 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 is a news reporter out of Louisville, Louisville, and the, the story is not. The best. This She's talking about a Louisville police officer that died in the line of duty. That's not the funny part. And she's just reporting on the funeral that she had. Uh, the police officer's name is Deidre Mingadad. Deidre Mingadad is her name. So what we're going to hear is what she actually said. And hundreds gathered today to say
3: their final goodbyes to this fallen Louisville police officer, D.D.
2: did, did that come through okay I do was already here, but it sounds like she butchered it. Yeah, oh, DD Dee Dee Megadoodoo is what she ended up calling the. Uh, <laughs> calling oh the no! Yeah. So oh no! This lady's going to be remembered for the rest of her life. For I mean, it's not even close. No, <laughs> I don't even. I, and if you okay. see it spelled out, I'm thinking, how do you look at that and end up at that for your, um, for your uh, for your pronunciation of the name? So uh, we're gonna what we're gonna do. This is what I. Referred to earlier, that's going to get us a little separation one way or the other in our uh, pick 'em game. Here is we're going to pick some games, David. You're going to be part of it. And uh, some of them are relative to us, some of them are relative to you. And who do you think will win? I think the fact
0: it doesn't matter what you think. Get ready. Let's be great. Let's be
1: great.
3: This week's football picks are in. All right. Hey, can I say something real quick? Yeah, man. I've been handicapped. You okay. As you know it. So I'm just putting it out there. Oh, you've been I'm handicapped. Still, still taking the lead. Okay. League, so oh, David, I you, no don't, that, you don't know Daniel. that
2: whole story. So when Daniel showed up here to do this, I, I said, I'm, I'm changing. Normally we pick SEC football games. And I said, this week, um, we're not doing that. We're, we're gonna we're, we're picking uh, different ball genres and, and different things uh, relative to our guest and also this is gonna help get some separation. so he has no idea he did guess two of them of what we're the games we're gonna pick, but from that point on he doesn't have a clue. So um, so the first game that we're gonna pick uh, the biggest one of the weekend probably is Penn State and Ohio State. David, do you have an opinion on that one?
1: Um, I like Ohio State. I just i got a special place for Ohio just because it's got big white-tailed deer. So I always <laughs> pull maybe for Ohio State. So I'll, I'll go Ohio State.
2: They they do have big only, white-tailed deer. Oh,
1: yeah, exactly, and that's the only reason I'm picking it because I I like your state for white-tailed deer.
3: <laughs> All right, Daniel, what do you got? On Penn State. Oh,
2: James, you, Frank, you're James pick, Franklin you're,
3: shows up for the big games. More than not, and he's already had his not this year. So,
2: yeah, he did get beat. State. He got thumped by Minnesota. Yeah. So, um, it's in Ohio State. Does that change your mind?
3: I go Ohio State. I'll switch it. <laughs> it's in the few. Yeah, yeah, to Ohio
2: State. <laughs> I, see, David, there was my chance to put some. I shouldn't have told him that. That was my that was my chance oh, to yeah. get a game back on him. All right, so I'm gonna. I, I don't like Ohio State, but I'm going to pick him anyway. And see, I I purposely left Florida out of this one. Because that's a that's a win for you. Because I'm not going to pick them. All right, next big game of the of the uh, week is uh, at Lone Star State, Texas and Baylor. What do you think about that, David? Uh, you know, there's only one real maybe. UT, and it's in Knoxville. These nuts.
1: Oh, I, it, man, Trust me, I know because I'm married to the biggest fan in the world, the biggest UT fan that yeah. there is. Um. So does that mean I have to pick Baylor? No, you can, you can pick who you fan? want.
2: You can pick exactly whoever you want. Oh man!
1: I, I don't know. I like Texas. I think Texas, Lone Star State. I, I'm always I, Texas is one of my favorite states, so I'll pick Texas. All
2: right, you're, they got big white tails down there too.
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, I can't name you a single player on either of the, any of these teams so far, but I'm just going by white tails right now. This so <laughs> right. is a good option. On state, (laughs)
0: okay.
2: All right, Baylor Baylor, Bears, you're going to take Baylor. All right, so uh, I'm going to take Texas because Baylor chicken boned it Saturday night. They had OSU down by 25 and choked. Texas lost Iowa State. I don't care. I don't care. Baylor's done. They just they got their dreams crushed. At that point, they're not even in the conversation anymore of the of the playoffs. So I'm going to take Texas with my white tail buddy here. Now yeah. in uh in honor of our guest, we're gonna pick Michigan State and Rutgers. <laughs> and, and, and and David, in case you don't know, Michigan State's awful. I mean they're, they're... I know I
1: I <laughs> did see that. I, I saw that they're like four and five. Man, when I was like just a couple of years ago, they were like the best team in they won the big ten. I think they went to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and I gotta wake up and I I gotta see this four and six or something right now. Yeah, they're worse
2: than I'm still
1: pe- They're yeah. worse than
2: Tennessee, and and Rutgers is no oh. is no better. Whoa! And if it tells you Whoa. anything,
1: Tennessee's having a bad year. Yeah, if
2: it, if it tells you anything, the the faculty at Rutgers was actually considering hiring Butch Jones to uh, uh, for their coaching vacancy.
1: Oh, is that is that the coach that was in Tennessee last year or a couple of years ago?
3: Yes, that's yeah, the one. That, that's the one that lit it on
1: fire. Oh my gosh. I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cannot believe I know that. That'd yeah, yeah, that is. is yeah, tell, her, me.
2: tell her. she will be proud. She of will be. Yes. So are you going are you gonna be a homer in this one? Or are you gonna pick? Uh, the, you can look at their records. They're the almost the same. I think Michigan State's got one more win than oh. records. Yeah, I'm going Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah, dude, you, yeah. They'll, they'll kill you if they hear you on this thing, and, and you don't. Yeah,
1: kill. seriously, yeah.
2: <laughs> Daniel, Michigan yeah. State. Yeah. See, while you and me are talking and have a good conversation, Daniel's pulled his phone up over here so he can was, see I what the record. I was
3: looking up records, records, and still records.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: records yeah. is records.
2: Yeah, I um, I'm going to um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take state too, I think on this one. Again, in honor of our guest, we're going to pick Montana and Montana State and leave that phone on the desk. Oh. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm going I'm go- – you know what? Where we got married, we got married in, Bo- in Bozeman, and the people's uh, place they are really good friends of ours. They're huge Montana State fans. And so I'm going Montana State just because my good friends are Montana State fans. Gotcha. And um, MSU – and even though they're the second best MSU, I'm still sticking with them.
2: Okay, he's got Montana State. Or uh, Daniel? What's the record? I'm not telling you. I'm
3: looking. If you know,
2: if you okay. know, you got to tell me. Okay, so they're. Uh, I think. Uh, I think Montana is. Uh, both of them had three losses. I think, or or maybe Montana had two, and Montana State had three.
3: Which one won the playoff two years ago?
2: Dude, you got to do your homework.
3: You gotta tell me what we're going to be picking. <laughs> Montana one. Montana, Montana.
2: So you, I'm Montana. I'm going with David. I'm you you're gonna go with Montana and I'm gonna go with Montana State.
3: You're fixing to like have me picking hockey games in Canada here in a second, <laughs> high school.
2: All right. <laughs> All right. So in honor of my daughter, who is a um senior here this year, we're gonna pick the uh another awful two awful teams. It's gonna be East Tennessee State, David versus Vandy. Oh. Two Tennessee teams. Oh, my daughter man. does not go to Vandy. Dad don't have that much money, and she ain't got that good of grades. My daughter goes to ETSU, and, and I'll pick because she'll kill me if I. I think both of them have two wins, but I'm going to pick ETSU for the big upset in Nashville. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: I I just never even heard of that of that college. I just can't believe how many of these. Pro football players come from these colleges I've never even heard oh, of yeah. before.
2: Yeah, I yeah. just
1: like that. So I'm going East Tennessee. Yeah, I'm doing that one too. East Tennessee
2: State. ETSU. Daniel, will go Vandy. Commodore.
3: <laughs> I'm doing SEC school.
2: No, he, no matter how bad uh, Vanderbilt is and they're awful, he's still he's still going to pick them because it's a uh, an East Tennessee or it's a SEC school, which is probably smart. But uh, my daughter might disown me if I don't pick ETSU. Our, our, uh, we got two more to go. Uh, David, you had to know this one was coming. Tennessee plays Missouri this Saturday night at 730 in Columbia. Who are you going to get on that oh,
1: I, I'll go to Tennessee. I don't know Missouri. I don't know how good they are or anything, but I'll, I'll go to Tennessee. I like root for Tennessee.
2: Dude, your wife will kill you if you don't take Tennessee.
1: Ah, uh, she, she knows that I want to win more than anything, so just <laughs> right. don't forgive me for that. <laughs> okay. But if, if I knew, if, if they were playing, like, LSU, which I know is a good team, I would pick LSU, okay. but hey. I don't know anything about Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I, so, here the, you know, the problem with Tennessee and Missouri has been Tennessee, like Daniel said last week, has had their dang number since they... So here's here's what's at stake, uh, David. Tennessee wins Saturday; they get six wins and they get bowl eligible for the first time in three years, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If they, wow, yeah. And then next week they got Vandy. We should kill them. So if we could win out, we end up with seven wins and 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 obviously bowl eligible. We get a much better bowl. Right. They may end up in Jacksonville at the Gator Bowl. Yeah. So uh, it's wow. pretty big deal. But Missouri, I'm not picking against Tennessee. I'm a I'm a homer, man. And so I, I, am going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, UT till so they prove me wrong. Missouri. Uh, I knew it. I knew. See, I knew he was going to do that. I was, Be honest. So he's going to take Mizzou. I'm going to take Tennessee. I'm telling you, dude, we're about to get some separation between mm-hmm. me and you this week. All right, man, one more game. And this is right in your wheelhouse. Detroit versus the New Jersey devils are playing this Saturday night. Who are you going to take? Oh,
1: nice. I'm going to Detroit. I Detroit. All, all my friends are on that team, man. I'm going for Detroit. They've Again, been playing well lately.
2: Another group of people that you don't want to hear or don't want to know that you picked against them.
1: Yeah, and, you know, for people out there that aren't hockey fans, do you want to support the devil? You don't want to support the devil. <laughs> okay. You know, it's just, it's just a natural name that you don't want to support. Right,
2: right. it goes against everything if you're a Christian, right? Sure, exactly.
3: <laughs> Before I get my pick, I'm gonna tell the saddest sports story I have. Went to see the Titans play back a while. And it's been a few years ago. Guy I was going with. We well, was gonna go. You know, walk around downtown Nashville a little bit. Was gonna, you know, just sort of see what Nashville was. First time we'd be ever both been to a Titans game. Both big Titans fans. Walking downtown, the guy walks up and he goes, "I got tickets to the hockey game. Both up for twenty bucks. The Preds." I'm like, ah, no, no. You know who they were playing? Huh. The Red Wings. Really, I kicked myself in the butt the oh. moment I walked off. I thought, even if I don't know hockey, I know who the Red Wings are. <laughs> right, and that's our. Yeah, that's like legendary hockey team. Why? Right. Did, why? And I, to this day, I go, "Why did I not go watch that game?"
2: Hey, uh, David, I meant to ask you: yeah. Did you ever get hit in the head with an octopus?
3: Uh, I didn't,
1: um, but that was probably one of the best memories of my childhood getting an octopus thrown on the ice. That's good. <laughs> that's I was a. I'm surprised you know that. That's that's actually really impressive.
2: Yeah, yeah, I knew they did their thing up there with 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 the octopuses. I'm but going, I'm going with him. Detroit. So yeah. Uh, yeah, Daniel said at the beginning. He said whatever David picks in hockey is what I'm going with. So um, yeah. <laughs> so he's got Detroit, and I will
3: watch that game. That'll be my first game. All right. And I said i will watch beginning to end.
2: Well, David, that's the end of what we're going to do today on Think Like a Man. We sure appreciate you taking the time out of your day to visit with us. Um, listen, I know everybody's uh, days are just—they're full. They got—we got a got hundred things going on—and uh, to sit down and take an hour or so with us, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Um, again, we thank your thank you for your support and your help, and we ask that you like and share and subscribe to the podcast and help us get our name out there until next time we'll see you
3: yeah see you next week when i'm up by four (laughs) see you you've been listening to think like a man we hope you
1: enjoyed today's episode it was kind of a crazy fun experience
3: listen my whole family loves
2: it man i love the show guys you're awesome and we'll see you next time